Chapter Fifteen of the Submarine Boys on Duty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Submarine Boys on Duty by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Fifteen The Courage That Rang True. In that first awful moment after he was left alone jack benson's first feeling was that it must have all been an unbelievable dream and yet he knew that it was not in his frenzy he tugged at the handcuffs fought with the cords that bound him to the stanchion but all in vain the sea valves had been opened only enough to let water in slowly almost at the outset however the keel slanted downward for most of the water was coming into the tanks the bow of the boat help help quick roared benson at the top of his voice the side ports were not open but the manhole was and the ventilators were in place the submarine boy shouted in the hope that the night watchman might hear and reach the scene in time to effect a rescue the keel was still more slanting at the instant when the diving tanks held water enough to overbalance the buoyancy of the craft the pollard was bound to take a sudden lurch and go below still fighting uselessly though frantically at the bonds that held him helpless in this terrible crisis jack also kept up his yells the watchman did not hear he was not near enough josh owen having gained the shore and hauled the rowboat up fled a short distance and then crouched in hiding waiting to see the effects of his terrible deed only one other person was in the yard grace desmond unknown to her employer had come to the office in the evening bent on posting up a set of books that were in her care she had finished her work and was stepping out into the yard adjusting her hat when she heard one of those muffled appeals for help at the first sound she was not even sure of the word but something in the faintly heard accent claimed her attention she stopped short listening intently help aboard the submarine and this time though the appeal seemed to come from a great distance she distinguished the words something's wrong with the diving boat and someone's aboard she thought with a tugging throb at her heart turning she sped down to the water's edge help help the boat is sinking and i'm helpless aboard she could see the bow slanting forward in the water and realized that all was wrong with the torpedo boat and with some hapless human being aboard in that instant grace desmond's courage rang true espying the rowboat she bounded into it snatching up an oar and pushing off at home on the water and skilled with oars she pulled a strong rapid stroke until she lay alongside the pollard keep cool help is coming called the girl as she ran alongside she caught at the lower portion of the deck rail and drew herself up it was but an instant later when she went gliding down the spiral stairway and then all in a flash she caught sight of jack benson lashed to the stanchion she comprehended also that whoever had tied the boy in this fashion must have thrown the sea valves partly open that floor was fast becoming an unsteady platform you turn on the compressed air with a wrench don't you she demanded swiftly yes nodded the submarine boy and then added instantly but you're a woman these risks are not for you rush up through the manhole and escape there may be time where's the wrench tell me quickly commanded grace desmond 
I can turn on the air more quickly than I can set you free to do it. Yes, breathed the boy rapidly, because I'm manacled anyway. But save yourself, Miss Desmond. We must both go down if you don't tell me quickly where to find the wrench, cried the girl, stamping her foot with impatience. Then Jack told her, only when he realized that she would not save herself at his expense. Fortunately, Josh Owen had overlooked securing that wrench and throwing it overboard. In another moment, Miss Desmond had the implement. The forward compressor first, Jack directed. With quick comprehension that only asked bare details, Miss Desmond fitted the wrench just where it should go. A hard turn forward, called Benson. The girl gave the twist as directed, as hard a turn as she could make. To her horror, she fancied the muscles of her wrist not quite equal to the need of that dread movement. The floor was slanting so that she was obliged to throw out her left hand to clutch at a support in order to hold herself up. Don't try it longer. Get overboard, Miss Desmond. If there's yet time, in heaven's name, do, begged Jack in a horrified tone. I can stand going down to the bottom if I don't have to drag you down with me. Escape! Not and leave a fellow human being here in your plight, retorted the girl quietly, though with sublime heroism. But you can't save me anyway. Then I'll go down at my post, just as a man would, she retorted, throwing all her frantic strength into her task. How she blamed herself that her muscles were so weak. Please go. There may be time. I'm not thinking of that. Oh, for a man's strength. Jack's breath was bated. His dread for himself was forgotten now as he watched the efforts of this splendid girl. We'll take the last plunge at any instant now, screamed Jack Benson. There may be time for you. Then there'll be time for us both, came the undaunted answer. Grace Desmond did not turn her head as she spoke, but Jack, his intense gaze upon her, knew the light that was flashing in her eyes at this moment. A sound above told the submarine boy the worst. The water was gently rippling against the edges of the platform deck. That told him all too plainly how near the diving boat was to doing the work for which it had been built. Could Jack have been close enough to see just why Grace was failing in her effort, he might have told her better just what to try to do. Now he tried to explain rapidly. The fault was not with her strength. There was an exact knack needed in the use of the wrench. On shore in the yard, Josh Owen crouched low in his place of concealment. He had failed to prevent Grace from starting in the rowboat, because until it was too late, he didn't believe the plucky young woman had any such intention. It's too bad for the gal to go to the bottom, too, half sighed the raging one. But she shouldn't meddle. Hal came swinging along down the street, having left F. Summers behind in the village. Through the yard came young Hastings whistling. By instinct he turned to look at the boat, and what he saw made him gasp, then leap forward in the start of a sprint. Straight down to the harbor's edge he raced. Then, seeing the rowboat adrift, Hal, after one more look at the sinking submarine, leaped into the water without even stopping to shed jacket or cap. Splash! In the same instant that he sprang, Josh Owen jumped up. Come back here, or you'll wish ye had, raged the ex-foreman. Hal Hastings heard, though he did not even take the trouble to answer, but struck out frenziedly, for his chum's calls for help now rang in his ears. 
There was the sound of a discharge, a sharp split of fire from a weapon that Owen held in his hand. A bullet struck the water just before Hal's nose, dashing the spray back into his face. Come back here, I tell ye, raged the ex-foreman. Josh Owen's voice throbbed Hastings, but he swam on with the strongest strokes of which he was master. Then a succession of shots rang out. Hal Hastings was in the gravest danger he had ever been in. End of chapter 15